Hello and welcome to episode 04 of the New School HR podcast titled The Stakeholders. In this episode, we'll be looking at your key stakeholders and how we can introduce ourselves to the business key stakeholders, HR, support functions, employees, customers, and how we observe and give feedback within the promotion period. So sit back and enjoy. So, the old stakeholders. Now, this is quite important that we think about how we approach these relationships that we're going to be building, and the early stage within the probation period is quite key. So I mentioned a few things in a couple of episodes that we've done previous to this, and there's been a few hints and tips, but I wanted to actually break it down a little bit further and dedicate the episode to this. The next episode actually is about the first sort of meetings, but this is more about how we interact. And it's very important that when we listen to this, try and take some of this on board. And again, guys, if there's anything to change or do differently, please feel free to add in the comment section. So the first people really that I want to focus on is your actual key stakeholders. Now, this differs from the level that you're at. But if we take where I'm at today, which is a HR business partner, I support directors. Previous role, I actually supported regional directors from a operational perspective on the, within the regions and I also supported directors within the support functions area so there is differences there but I are the same throughout so the first thing I would say is how to build that relationship with a stakeholder the key thing for me is to actually be yourself and actually allow them to be themselves and this really goes a long way so trying to come in there like oh i'm the hr professional and you know this is what i'm going to do for you and this is how i'm going to do this and this and this isn't going to work you need to buy your time you need to think about tactfully listening and understanding them you try to attempt to win them over with whatever it is you need to do so how i always do it is actually sit back listen to their concerns take notes um if there's things that I'm aware of, obviously I'm going to challenge them on it or, you know, sometimes you find that maybe a predecessor wasn't um, certain parts of the role, so you've got an opportunity there. Or it might be that, you know, if I look at where I'm at today, I've actually got a skill set from the last role that I did. There's a lot of structural stuff I've done. There's a lot of sort of uh, creation of stuff. So offering that kind of input. But the main thing is to actually listen to what it is because objectives and they would have their own things that they measure them. And it's important to understand that before you try and force something down them. Because if you're not on board with what they are, they're not going to be on board with what you are. Take note of that. The second thing I would do is I don't take no shit from no one. So if they're going to come across with the attitude or, you know, the raised voices or the, you know, you're just an advisor or whatever. Yo, that's cool, bro. That's not, you can go fuck yourself too. Because the way I operate is... I'm not going to accept it from someone, um, how I'm treated or spoken less, you know, it's in a respectful way. So, you know, that's quite key for me to always build that um, understanding very early on. But actually, you know, as you develop these relationships, um, these are the people that you're going to be mostly in contact with, the people that you're going to be side by a lot of the time. It's important to build a relationship where the stakeholder feels comfortable that they can do it in a normal way. Not in the way of a mate, but actually they need to feel secure because there's going to be stuff that you hear or a witness to that doesn't necessarily need to go straight back to HR um, because sometimes it's about managing 
those things that you hear and turning it to your advantage or taking that opportunity because you've actually witnessed or observed something that is really going to help you in the long run. So don't rule out being human with these people. You know, human resources, human or human. Um, it's important that you remember that as you progress through your with your stakeholder. The next thing that I would say is about public support. And the reason I say this is because I think a lot of HR people will um, say all the right things in front of their partner, the person they're partnering, and then when they get behind the scenes or they're with the rest of the HR team, just literally throw this motherfucker under the bus. And that's not cool, man. Like I've seen that many times where, you know, actually it's because you as a HR professional are useless, but actually you want to say the stakeholder is useless, but you haven't actually done the piece of explaining it properly or you haven't done the bit of actually understanding what it is that's actually going on in their world because that's a key part of it. Like as a business partner, I'm partnering the business and, you know, I have to represent both sides and I have to understand both sides. Throwing something under the bus is always going to get back to them. You know, one thing I observed is that you genuinely don't know what other HR people are going to be with your people and things like that. So it's really important that you are aware of this, that anything you say has every chance of going back. So work on a principle of only saying what you're happy with actually being out there. Because if you're not, you won't get fucked over. And that's not good. You know, these stakeholders are senior leaders, they're directors or whoever. And trust me, Mr. HR person or Mrs. Hippies, they generally have a better standing in the company or with the CEO or anything like that than you do. That's just reality. You know, unless you've come in there and totally uh, changed things or made things really cool, they're going to have more of an influence in the business than you are. And, you know, if they've been there for a long time or, you know, they've been able to modernize and get with a new program and you're just, you know, not there, you're going to get fucked over. That's the reality of it. I've seen it many times and it's not good. So you just think about things. The other thing I would say is, is be available, right? You know, we, our directors um, don't always operate in ethical hours is what I want to say, um, you know. But the reality is, is that if you're partnering someone, you need them, they're available. And I get it that we have commitments, we have lives outside of work. But actually, if you choose to operate at this level, then that's something you've got to be aware of, I think. Now, there may be people that say, oh, work-life balance and all this and that. Yeah, I get that. But it's about give and take, and it's about using your flexibility. So, for example, my stakeholders know I was available from 6.30 in the morning after the gym. And actually, um, having that conversation sometimes for half an hour actually meant I wasn't chasing them. So, yeah, I may be left to get on the road a little bit later or, you know, I was delayed because I hadn't eaten or whatever. But actually, I had a very clear indication of what I needed to do for him for the end of the day. And actually, that meant that that was knocked off by sort of 10 o'clock in the morning as opposed to me chasing my tail, chasing him, trying to know what it is, getting a bit part of the message. You know, that, that doesn't help anyone. So, you know, trying to make your life easier sometimes is by alleviating the stress. And if you can do that by having that relationship can contact you at obscure moments or at least leave you a message or something, it might be really beneficial. It might be helpful. Um, I get it. You know, I've got a kid, just to put it out like as well. And it's difficult uh, balancing that. But the key part of being a business partner is being a business partner. And that's kind of, for me, what comes with the territory. Um, 
and I know that now I'm off the road and it's very different because I'm on site, so I don't have to do any of that. But in a regional road, that was very important and actually made my life very, very easy, at least for the part of actually getting that relationship. And that's just my little piece of advice on that. The next thing is set the tone. Yeah, set the tone. It's kind of a bit along the line of not taking no bullshit. But actually, it's also about the standards that you're going to bring and the standards that you expect. So, for example, um, for me, whenever we're presenting anything, whether that's in the regional role or whether that's with the person I partner today, you know, it has to be a certain way. I want them to look good. I want us to look good. I want people to understand what we do. Because I think sometimes for a business person, they're not always able to demonstrate or highlight the key bits because they don't have the understanding of what that person is looking for. So it's very important you use the opportunity. So the next thing with your key stakeholder to know is their direct reports. Because I think we just bypass it, right? Especially at a business partner level or even a regional uh, advisory level. We might think to ourselves, well, you know, I'm with the key man. I don't need to know about the person that's underneath. No, you do. No, you do. Because those people are closer to the key stakeholder than you are. You only see them maybe, what, if you're on site, you might see them an hour, two hours a day max. If you're regional, you might see them once a week max. Whereas their direct reports will be in a lot more communication than you are. And it's very important that you understand that. It's very important as well. So the time that you invest in this immediate team, again, may make their life easier. So I know as an example, when I very first started as a regional advisor, some of the key uh, line managers, if you like, well, two out of the whole uh, 17 didn't like me or didn't want to make an effort to even meet me. And I realized that they actually had the biggest influence on my main stakeholder at that time. And because that person or those two people weren't on board with me, my key stakeholder, Steve Cakes, oh, come on, stakeholder, uh, just wasn't interested in me. And, you know, I had to go to drastic measures to get some sort of attention, which was, okay, guys, uh, I've tried to give you the opportunity to get on board what I'm doing. You guys don't want to, so that's fine. I'm just going to attack your people anyway and do what I want, uh, at which point they actually then made time for me. But it's very important that you understand this, that being a part of a senior team isn't just in isolation and it's not being with one stakeholder and thinking that you two are the senior team. It's not because that immediate team also are going to be the facilitators of whatever your strategy or plan is. And if they don't buy into it or they haven't had any input into it or you're just bypassing them, again, HR friend, you are going to run up against a brick wall. So think about that. Get over yourselves. Sometimes, uh, depending on where you work, the levels might not be what we presume to be uh, fashionable or whatever, but actually it's about getting to the nitty-gritty and getting them on board. So taking the feedback from them, yeah, offering them the support, being there for them as well. You know, they, they also operate probably more hours or more on the shop floor than the... Um, director that you're working with they're going to be the ones with the troops if we're a hr professional they're the ones that are going to have more of an ear to the ground with the actual employee relations issues or the you know more generic issues that maybe aren't so strategic but then if i think about my regional role they carried out a lot of the strategic stuff so it's always worth making that time 
listening to the feedback, yeah, make sure you listen to the feedback, because these guys are the ones that are going to, like I said about two minutes ago, implement whatever it is you're saying, and if they don't understand it, they definitely can't deliver it, and if you expect it to go wider down, if you think about uh, heads to rolls and whatever, you're going to be completely fucked, you know, when you want to do things like performance reviews or whatever, you're going to be fucked, so that's why I always say it's very key that you don't miss this community, don't miss them, because that's your golden ticket to the chocolate factory, if you don't like chocolate, then wherever you like, yeah. So the next group to talk about is the line manager. Uh, I was going to say for us business partners, that's uh, stakeholder minus two. Uh, but actually, you know what? Line managers are an integral part of the whole operation. And I think that that gets missed, especially with HR business partners and HR advisors who get frustrated. I think the piece you have to remember is, is that from a HR point of view, they're trying to deliver a message that you've set that they haven't really had much input in, depending on your style, that, you know, may be forced on them. They might be going through a period of change and they're the ones actually in the troops. So it's very important that you don't abuse, that's what I'm going to say, abuse this community because a lot of people just bypass it and just assume like, you know, well, these are the guys running the shops or these are the guys that are running the team. You know, they're not really important. Well, again, as I say, Mr. or Mrs. HR person or Ms. or Miss, you're onto a losing ticket. If that's what you think, you need to get out your high horse, get on the ground and actually you know, support these guys. Um, people might think as a HR, that's, that's not our job. Fuck you, it is. You know, if you want to land these things, if you want things to happen correctly. I have seen HR advisors, so forget about business partners, HR advisors who just seem to think that they're just advising regional people. Well, no. <laughs> you know, your day-to-day issues are where. Uh, when you employ forums, when you think about um, engagement and stuff, who, who's the people that you need to get on board with that? Who, who is it? It's the employees, and who manages the employees? It's the line managers. So don't miss that team so some tips around line managers so i think the first thing is explain why you're there and don't say you're a business partner or an advisor explain what you're going to do for them um, make it clear you know some of us have been line managers ourselves so if you remember your time if you're listening to this remember that you know how was it when a hr person interacted with you whether that's a hr assistant who asked you to do something when you're trying to get orders out the door or whatever it is you know think about that and you know how that made you feel at that point and actually use your common sense to think about how you're going to support these people you know having the um, knowledge and, and experience and the common sense about you to make sure that you're not putting these guys under any unnecessary duress I think the other piece is that remember that if there's a performance management piece it's potential that you're going to be the one doing it. So you need to have them in a place where they understand things, performance, uh, parameters, objectives, because we should be involved in that as well. So make sure you've checked their understanding of things when you're doing anything. The other thing I would say is make sure they got the tools from a HR point of view to do things. So I think we all assume that, you know, because Mr. Stakeholder or Area Manager 
has an idea of stuff and has a better understanding because they have access to a lot more reports than the managers do. Uh, I always make a point to actually make sure that any of the business reports that I'm using, that the line manager actually has them or understands them. Because uh, there's nothing worse than sitting in front of someone and talking about P&Ls and they ain't got a clue. Uh, purely because they don't actually have any access to it. So make sure you have a full understanding of what it is that they have available as a tool to support them. And make sure that these tools are actually allowing them to carry out the tasks. The next thing I would say, be very conscious about the space and environment that they're working in. Not in a negative way, but just to understand it. So... Again, going back to my HR advisor days, I remember as an example, we did a training session in a location that didn't have uh, a kettle, or I think they had like uh, one of those vending coffee machines. And I actually saw one of the HR advisors who were me on that day actually training me because I was quite new, um, basically make <laughs> what she didn't know was an area manager go out and get coffee, but basically just kicked off about that. And actually that's not the point in their environment. We don't know what uh you know funds they have and you know i've heard people say well the manager can always go out and get paint you don't know that person's circumstance of that manager so guys shut the fuck up yeah be there to support them don't be there to you know patronize them or make them feel bad about things you know you don't know now if you know that the manager has a bucket of money sitting there in a, in a budget somewhere because you've read their PL with them then make that suggestion that's fair but don't just say shit for the sake of it, like without actually thinking about it, you know, the other thing is you don't know, this manager might be new and might have really inherited a difficult team or a different situation, well let's not say difficult team because, you know, with HR no one's difficult, blah blah blah, but they may have inherited a really difficult situation and they might be looking at you as the only person that can sort of support them because the area manager doesn't have the time or whatever, so think about this. Yeah, don't be pricks to these people because that's all I see all the time. Like I've been a line manager and I know how hard it is when you need the support of someone external from your business area and the HR team is just a complete bunch of fucking wankers. And that, that's hard, yeah, from experience, that's hard. I remember one time I got chased about doing some exceptions for payroll. Yeah, do you know what? I don't care about your four little key in things that you can do tomorrow. Yeah, because I don't want a system. I don't, I don't care. I'm trying to get these orders out by 10 a.m. So I can avoid giving out 70 pounds worth of vouchers, which I then get penalized for. So just think you're saying some shit. Just think about it. The next thing I would say is honest feedback. So if we're going to be getting to that grassroots level, well, it's not really grassroots, but that level, we need to be confident in taking feedback from these guys because they're not going to be our biggest fans generally. I mean, I'm quite fortunate, they are my fans, but hey, you know, we can't all be like this. But you're going to have to listen to some shit too. You have to listen to some really outrageous things as well, because as I say, you know, the level of understanding is not going to be the same as the, the two levels above, and that's fine. So just, just bear that in mind, but use that as the opportunity to educate them. You know, when you're building a pipeline, it's going to come from there, the worst thing is when you lose an area on and you look back and you've got absolutely fuck all to pick from. So you have to go external, uh, which isn't always a bad thing. Yeah, okay, it's not always a bad thing. But if you've got three vacancies, you probably want to get at least one from the internal pool. And the only reason you're going to get that is by engaging with them and giving them feedback, taking feedback, giving feedback, and explaining the mission, right? The, the agenda, if you like. The next thing, touching on engagement, I've kind of said it in a roundabout way throughout this piece, but just stop being a prick, yeah? 
you know, have a conversation with them. They're people too. Like, I really don't understand what this big barrier is since I've been a business partner. Well, even an advisor, to be fair, not a business partner. Why we look down on people like this. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Maybe because I was one. But it's just fucking nonsense. You know, you can see I've probably sworn a lot more in this episode. But that's that's how I feel about it. So stop being a prick. The next thing I would say is, you know, I've touched on being available. But for these guys, you need to be visible. You know, they need to hold a face to the name. They need to see that you're out there with them. They need to see you contributing to conversations on the shop floor. They need to see you challenging back on employees sometimes. So if an employee comes with some shit, you need to be able to come back. You know, if you know that you're, you yourself and the manager or the line manager, whoever has actually done something, you need to tell this. You need to explain this. Don't just let this person say off some shit, especially in front of someone that you're supporting. It's not going to go down too well for the relationship. That's that. So you might be thinking to yourself, you didn't start with HR. That's because you probably already noticed if you've listened to the previous episodes that I'm not always about just the HR side. But we'll touch on those guys now. Us, I guess. Us, because we're all part of the same family here. Way. Right, so HR. Getting to know the HR team. So I've kind of touched on stuff. Again, I've, I'm probably repeating myself. Uh, I've, I've touched on stuff previously. First thing I would say is if you've got a HR uh person reporting into you first thing is to get to know that person so for me uh, when I've had HR assistants or HR advisors working uh, with me I'm not going to say for me with me um, I have always taken the time to find out a little bit about them Uh, not on a personal level but actually just you know pushing them right so I will actively give them a hard time not in a bad way uh, but I'll also give them stuff so for example i think back to one of the first assistants i had hope she doesn't mind this but i remember when we first met you know she wasn't in a great place and the first thing i said to her was you know do you even want to be here because uh, you know everyone thinks you don't want to if you do i'm happy to work with you i'm happy to you know look at how we can develop you and stuff like that maybe i didn't say it like that because i was a bit more like seven years ago but um that's that's probably what i meant uh, but yeah, she, uh, she, she opted to stay and actually we had an amazing, uh, working relationship, you know, when I was an advisor and she was supporting me, I remember a lot of tasks for me, a lot of ER stuff. And, you know, it was about creating that safe environment for her where she could have a go. And we had a sort of relationship where we could talk openly. So, you know, she would call me a prick sometimes. Well, actually she never swore, so that's a lie, but she'd say, uh, something to me along those lines in a nice way I can't remember what she'd say and I'd be like oh, I'll just man up or whatever so we had that relationship and actually when I became a business partner and had a HR advisor we had the same relationship again but this one was more strict uh, my advisor used to tell me to man up quite frequently she used to you know tell me how things were. and the other thing she actually did was give me a lot of standards uh, you know she used to push me still probably trying to find myself a bit and actually, she, she really grounded me. So it's very important to get to know your direct reports. Uh, I have had instances where it hasn't been successful. Um, and I look back and I think about what I could have done differently. And I think about one in particular who's actually gone on to do quite well. And I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, they've done differently there, perhaps, was spend a bit more time, um, maybe face-to-face because I was regional and I didn't have the opportunity to see her often. Do that bit. Because looking at her now, she's doing really well. So 
you know, that's a learning for me. But getting to know them is very important because you need to be able to rely on people. You need people to be able to know that they can rely on you as well. And I think the other thing I would say is, is that I genuinely will not ask anyone in the HR team to do anything that I wouldn't do. Uh, and when I say no, I might not necessarily know how to do it, but I'll be willing to learn it. And I think that's very important. And there are times when I do things for them. So as an example, if a HR assistant's really tied down, I will happily sit there and draft letters. Like, what, what's the big fucking deal? You know, it takes 10, 15 minutes maybe to knock out a few. And actually you're helping someone who, you know, there's going to be times when you're driving or doing stuff and you need them to do things for you. So think about that. You know, if you see someone, help them. You know, maybe then when you need something doing us a bit more higher, they'll try and attempt to rise to it because they've seen that actually, you know what, this person's going to help me. So that's what I always try and do. The other thing is you're not going to understand fully everyone within the HR team. You're not going to understand everything they do. So as an example, reward was a massive gap for me because I just had no understanding of it. But when I became a business partner, you know, at an advisory level, awareness, I saw things I had to do, menial tasks for it like, you know, data collecting or whatever, but I hadn't actually explored it. So I'd always kept out the way, that's my style, but I really had to get on board with it and understand it. And I tell you what, for me personally, sorry for reward people, I can't do it, it's just not me as a person. But I respect the people that can, and that's why I will sit there and I'll make the time so I know in my head to program myself to say that, you know what, it's going to be really difficult 45 minutes. But you know what? You're going to fucking learn some things. Just do it and take notes. And that's what I do. So have the respect everyone within the team. Everyone has a role. Um, I worked for a really big retailer where they, I don't know if they still do to be fair, but they removed job titles from name badges. And that was really powerful. So the one thing you'll always hear me say, apart from on this podcast, well, hey, because I need to promote myself. But in the businesses that I work in, I'll never say I'm a business partner. I'm going to say I'm part of the HR team. Because for me, I'll do anything anyone can. And I'd like anyone to do what I can as well. That's how you develop talent. That's how you bring people through. It's not all about you. Yeah. It's all about us. It's about the bigger, wider piece. So empowering people to be able to support. Because like I say, you never know when you might need that. So that's what I kind of do. Understanding the roles that they do. Um, I haven't done it here actually where I am now, but actually knowing what their responsibilities are and what people's expecting from them because you know if you go to a payroll person their actual uh, jobs are different in every company i've been at expectation is different setup is different that's just an example but you take hr assistance as well again same thing uh if i think back to my first company hr assistance just literally did open door stuff uh holiday forms da 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 where I'm at today, they do a lot of stuff for directors in terms of reporting and stuff like that. The last company I worked for, they worked for us, the advisors and the uh, business partners. So it does differ. So you need to understand what the role is. Same for an advisor. You need to understand what their role is. So anywhere you go into, don't just assume, don't just expect it to be whatever it was where you last left because that's not always going to be the case. So just bear that in mind. The next thing is understand their experience. So, you know, HR people, uh, we always like to talk about ourselves. I always try and find out about what people are doing. So are they studying, like the CIPD? Um, have they done HR before? Have they done management before? So as an example, 
I have an HR assistant where I am now who, you know, I had no idea she'd actually been a manager in retail, which is quite evident now when I think back to how she supports. But it's very important that you do know what people have done previously and also what development opportunities they have because that's how I look at sidetracking some of the stuff that I do is actually through developing others, rise to something. And, you know, I'm quite fortunate. I think people around me understand that when I'm giving it something, it's not because I won't do it or I can't do it myself or whatever. It's because I'm actually trying to support their development. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be doing a podcast if I didn't care. So try and bear that in mind, HR people. You know, the more development opportunities we give to people, the more strategic stuff we can do. And the more strategic stuff you can share with advisors or assistants, the more you can actually take time to really think about what you're doing and look at the bigger things that you want to focus on. And at the same time, you're giving people a development opportunity for themselves. The other thing with the HR team is to be open to feedback because everyone in HR has an opinion. That's right. Not that I necessarily care about uh, what everyone thinks, but it is very important to actually factor things. Um, that kind of contradicts what I just said about I don't care. Um, what I mean by I don't care is uh, with the negative stuff, I don't take it personally. Um, I actually see everything as an opportunity, and that's what a lot of people who work with me will tell you. I always try and see the benefit and the opportunity and the learning. You know, I'm, 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 I think I've been fortunate enough to have people point out all my sort of flaws to me, and I continue to have people to point out flaws to me. But I'm the kind of person that will hold my hand and be like, you're cool, you know what, I made a mistake. So um, taking the feedback is quite important because it helps shape the direction that you go forward as well. And knowing what it is you need to do differently to actually uh, resonate with a team that you've just joined. I think coming back to uh, inclusiveness, when you have projects, find out if there's actually people within the team that can support you. Because I think a lot of HR professionals just think, oh, yes, I've got this project, I'm just going to go do it myself and then struggle. And then eventually the whole fucking team has to do it anyway. So why don't you just ask the question in the first place? Like, put your fucking ego to the side and just ask the question. Because that's what I do. I'll be straight up. I know my weaknesses. I did my CIPD map. I did my wheel. You know, there's gaps there for a reason. And actually, uh, if somebody has those gaps that you have, why are you leaving it? And then you'll have to get them to rescue you anyway. And I prefer that if someone asks me as well, as opposed to me having to come in and rescue the situation. Uh, so think about that when you're doing it. Um, the other thing is the E of that individual. So uh, can they actually do, do they have the time or the, um, the workload to be able to take on additional tasks for a project, especially if it's something new to them? So just think about that. So yeah. That's a little bit about us, the HR professionals. So the next group of people I want to talk about is the support functions. People, we're one of those as well. Just remember that um, when they had to support the business. But anyway, support functions. <laughs> First thing I try to do, and the key word is try, depending on the size of the organization. Learn the organization chart. And that's very important because business to business, things are called different titles. Things are split differently. You know, where I am today, sales is actually split across two departments from what it was in my previous department. So it's very important that you understand the org chart and understand who you're talking to. 
not just from a point of view of who supports your stakeholders. So for example, from a commercial point of view, from a finance point of view, you'll have different people if you've got different communities that you support. So you need to know the different people that you're talking to and what they do. But actually just knowing money support if you can, like line managers uh, or you know, at least people who can help you if you need something. So for example, it's always good to know the fleet manager. Yeah, especially if you've got a company car, you want to trade it in or some shit. It's always good to know the fleet manager if you get a fine and how you challenge it. Uh, but yeah, you know, the people that your stakeholders are going to talk to, it's quite important that you understand who those people are and what kind of relationships they have with them. I always try to understand uh, the person's experience as well. So again, where they've come from, because if I look at the last organization I was at, we had a lot of people who were not from the industry drafted into support and they struggled a bit. And I think it's important that you understand where these people are from. So when you're communicating with your line managers or your area managers, if you understand where you know the finance guys come from because you come from a similar background, that's a support mechanism for that. And if you support support functions, trust me, they support you and it makes the whole fucking thing easier instead of just like dropping fine fucking help anyone. Um, and, and the other thing I would say is don't act like you know their role. Like I see so many, like I saw, I used to support support functions where I was and I actually support half of it here. And I've seen business partners who literally act like they're, you know, IT specialists. No, you're not, bruv. Like you're not an IT specialist. Sit the fuck down, man. If you was, why didn't you study it and go there? Because they're getting paid more than us anyway. So, you know, let them be the professional. You know, challenge something if you know something, right? So, you know, I've had it with IT where I've, I've used a system and I know something. And I've seen someone crack off on one about, like, oh, yeah, it can do this, it can do that. And then IT just turn around and go, yeah, on version 7, we're on version 4. Who's the prick now? So just just think about that when you're going in those conversations because we're all the same, right? Just support each other. Keyword support. The next thing I'll say is ensure they're consulted with. When I say that, I don't mean redundancy. Don't get excited, HR professionals. Um, what I mean is when you're doing something that impacts them, make sure somebody tells them because we, we don't do that all the time. So we'll go off and crack on to do something, expect like finance to just amend a P&L or whatever, or a cost code, and they don't have a clue we've done it because you know the stakeholder ain't told them because they're expecting you to do it, and then you ain't told them because you don't give a fuck, and then it comes to the month end and your overhead is still there, and then you're having to justify why the FTE is 7 and not 5, even though you've done the activity. Well, that's because you didn't tell no one you did the activity. So just remember that. You know, keeping them included is always good. Uh, I was quite fortunate. In the last place I worked, my director actually had finance and HR side by side. So we had to tandemly sign off things together and stuff. So that was quite cool. And we didn't miss anything and everything actually quite flowed up. Trying to do it here uh, where I am now, but I think there's a few more issues that are going on. Try and get that piece done. I think that is a key bit, uh, you know, finance, fleet those kind of teams, IT, commercial, uh, marketing even as well, you know, from a recruitment point of view, if you can get materials that are already there, why are you creating a wheel? Just fucking get it from the guy next door. Um, so always important, not just from a who you support point of view, but actually operating effectively within an organization. The next thing I say is ensure you get a copy from these guys of what your stakeholder gets. Um, 
And if you don't understand what your stakeholder gets, then just give up the HR business partner role now because you ain't going to get very far. I think you need to ensure that you are familiar with what they have, familiar with what the data is telling them. And the best way to do it is sit with the subject expert, not the director. So, for example, again, P&Ls, a director might be solely focused on his bonusable measures, which might be three out of the 12 things that they're looking at. And you as a HR professional are focused on the other six. And then there's a gap. So understanding what the P&L is or whatever the report is, is very key. Understanding what drives it because, you know, finance have an influence as well, I have found now. Um, and if you don't understand what their drivers are and metrics are, then, yeah, like I say, you might as well just give up now because all you're going to do is spend your whole life doing redundancies with your stakeholder. The next thing I'd say is ensure that they're included in celebrated success. So... You know, when we do things on the region, I think it's very easy for HR to stand there and be like, yes, this is what we did. You know, HR love being in the pictures. We love cutting cakes and shit. But actually dragging the, you know, IT guy who made it all happen through an infrastructure or dragging the finance guy who actually, you know, realigned the whole budgets and calculations between the sales force or whatever it might be. You know, don't just leave him out. Don't just take all the glory. You know, it's okay sometimes to actually let someone else have a moment and celebrate what they did because, you know, I'm tired of seeing HR take the credit for every single fucking thing even though we ain't done anything. Just just man up a little bit and do things the right way. So the next community is the employees, the employee forum, and the union. I think it's important to take time to actually meet these individuals by yourself. So what I mean is not when you're being walked around by a stakeholder or the manager, uh, because depending on what the relationship is with the staff, you're not going to get what you really want in terms of actual feedback and clarity. Um, and I think actually taking the time to go by yourself and meet these people goes a really long way when you're actually trying to build relationships with them because guess what Mr. HR person or Mrs. HR person or Ms. HR person I need to stop saying Mr. in it because it's just getting long explaining it again but the employees are the people that you support and work with or work for yeah I know there's this whole thing of customers pay our wages and all that but actually employees facilitate the ability for customers to pay your wages so can we ensure that we actually don't forget these guys as well Let's not just fuck them off like, you know, oh, I can't be around them. No, it, it goes a really long way if you sit down and have a cup of tea, even if um, making that time is important. I think the other thing to say is in terms of the employee forum, um, I've had uh, varied sort of interactions with employee forums, and I think that the best thing to do is to actually try and facilitate answers. Um, and if you've taken over from someone, don't throw them under the bus and say it's all shit. Just uh, try to understand what was actually going on and why things were a little bit different. The next thing I would say is the union representatives. Now, union relationships are key. So for me personally, I don't try and fight them. Like I know a lot of HR people try to undo the union or think the union are a bunch of wankers or whatever. I genuinely try to actually work with them understand them get them on board with what i'm trying to do not in terms of manipulation but actually just 
taking the time to actually articulate what we're doing, what we're thinking. And that includes my stakeholder as well. So if it's a director, I'd want them to be involved. Because the union, depending on what you get, right? So, okay, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've come across some really not-so-professional union people in my life. That's just the reality of it. People who are, you know, there for their five minutes of fame. But that's a minority. And I think the majority of the union people I've spoken to, you know, I've learned from. I'll be honest with you. I've actually learned stuff from them because they you know, have a very good understanding of policy and procedure. They've probably read our policies better than we have. Uh, they probably enforce it more than we have because you'd be surprised how many times they actually manage situations without it even getting to HR because they've actually just gone and quoted the policy. So guys, don't alienate the union. Don't be a bunch of pricks to the union. Try and, you know, understand it. Understand what each union is for because I've worked in places where we've had two unions. Uh, understand why they're there in the first place you know, and include them, just, just speak to them and do the, do the respectful thing. The next thing I'll say is don't promise anything. Oh, fuck me. Don't promise anything, please. I never promise anything anyway. I don't even promise anything to myself, but I have seen HR professionals who will go out there and promise the world, deliver absolutely fuck all, and then just get a hate mob chasing them for six months until they actually can get something done. Uh, so just, yeah, I can't be any more blunt. Don't promise anything. The next thing I would say is, you know, do manage the complaints you get in a non-formal manner. So, you know, try to have a culture of mediation. Try to have a culture of, you know, if you have to get involved in the nitty-gritty, being factual with it and representing both sides. Because if you just go one way and say that one is right or one is wrong, it's not going to work. So, you know, I'll be quite open in saying, guys, let's sit down, let's talk about this, what's the issues, you're both going to listen, we're, we're going to leave here with an agreement, and that's, you know, that's it, it's final, we're not leaving here with whatever, uh, unless, you know, look, if somebody wants to go grievance or formally, obviously they have that right, that's in the policies, etc, etc, but, you know, I don't, I don't sit there promoting this kind of approach, that's the reality of it, I don't like grievances, um, and neither should you. Yeah, it's not a good reflection on the site that you're running. It's not a good reflection on your emphasis on HR if you're promoting grievances, you know, and, and ultimately people will not be able to manage themselves because all they'll be waiting for is as a, you know, as a HR professional. I want people to be mature in the workplace. I want them to understand why we're here and I want them to feel happy and content whilst doing so. The other thing I would say is recognize publicly employees or employee forum people again along the same vein of what i've said uh, earlier you know if they don't in a you know over the top manner do it in a fair way a way that you know if somebody has lost out on something you know maybe they entered something came second or whatever they don't feel so bad uh, you know, one of the things I always see is like, you know, we, we really G up promotions, but we don't think about the other four people who weren't successful and what we're doing with them. Um, you know, I actually make a point to say that, you know, applications were close and, you know, moving forward, these are the opportunities or whatever that we'll be seeing. Because my ethos is if somebody applies for an interview and gets to a final stage, they should have a development plan that actually includes some form of seniority within there. So, just be mindful of that when you're having the parade about the person who didn't quite get there. The next thing I would say 
is something that I've never actually had the opportunity to do, to be fair, but I have seen people do it, is spend a day in a field. Um, actually, I say that. When I had the regional role, um, I did used to actually take one day a month to actually just drive around locations to actually visit staff and, you know, get them a bacon rolling or something like that. It doesn't have to be bacon. It can be anything. I just like bacon. But, um, you know, actually taking the time to chill with your staff. Yeah, I say chill. You know, sometimes it is about entering the room in a pair of trainers and a pair of jeans and a hoodie and chilling, you know, vibing, letting these people know that, you know, there are times when they can approach you and stuff and that it's not all about suits and ties and dismissals. Um, you know, what you used to, well, well, what you find with me is unless I'm doing something formal, I'm not dressed formal. Because uh, it's not about the intimidation piece, it's about actually um, resonating with the people that you work with and being in the environment and, and, understanding that you are in their environment so that's me as a personal choice so the next people i want to talk about and maybe i could have put these guys first to be fair but i don't really care it's my show i'm going to put in whatever i don't want customers you know the guys that pay our wages the ones that our stakeholders serve and try to do the best for the customers. So you might be thinking, well, we're HR professionals. We don't always see the customers or, you know, we're in our stone office or whatever. Um, you will see customers. So if you're regional and you're going to locations, you'll see customers. If you're um, a business partner who supports a sales organization, you might end up in meetings that are hosted by customers or even suppliers. I should have actually said customers and suppliers. So I think it's quite important that you engage with these people as well. Now, from a customer point of view, should I really cover customer services? I hope not, so I'm not going to. But I think from a supplier and customer point of view, depending on what the situation is, so like I say, you might find yourself in one of the properties, in one of their sites or whatever, um, and I think you have to factor this in. So, you know, one of the things in the last company I worked for, a lot of our regional meetings were actually hosted by customers or suppliers and we had to behave a certain way because we were representing the company um, and, you know, I remember we'd, we'd have to go to dinner with these guys and, you know, you didn't really want to but you had to and sometimes you'd have a drink and end up staying a night or whatever, you know, these could turn into anything. I mean, I remember one when I was very early on as a HR advisor and ended up in a script club till 3 a.m. and carrying a director home, well, not home, to his hotel room and getting to sleep at 5.30 and then presenting at 7 o'clock. Like, these these things do happen. You know, it's okay. Sometimes you will end up in a strip club or sometimes in another country. Yes, that. but I've heard that that's happened as well. So, you know, if you're supporting a stakeholder, you know, it's a positive thing if they want you around. And I get it that, you know, some of the stuff I mentioned may not be within your ethics policy. You don't have to go, so I'm not saying that you have to end up in a script club at all. That's not what I'm saying, but possibly, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's a it's a massive, huge step if they invite HR to something. You know, I was quite fortunate. I mean, some amazing... I'm sure there's people listening to this who have as well. Um, I think we all get invited for different reasons. I'm not going to lie. I think for me, as a ethnic uh, person... I used to be in a very um, one-race predominant work 
environment and you know what someone said to me and I took it as a joke so I'm not going to kick off anything here uh, but I remember someone saying to me that oh could you attend something because actually uh, in terms of diversity we don't have a lot here and actually you are presentable and you are of a certain look that you know people will get on board with and the way you conduct yourself and all that you know they could have said that bit first to be fair and not talked about anything else. But i got the message and you know what me as an individual i was cool with that you know do you want to pay me to be up in windsor uh, and eating a fancy meal at christmas you're on there um you know that might sound like a sell thing but it's not about actually understanding that you you know in that instance i was able to um add a different agenda if you like um a different viewpoint and it wasn't from a point of view because I was ethnic it was more from a view of actually the HR side like I remember uh, one of the guys actually asked me a question around company car policies uh, not that I obviously knew theirs but just asking me a general feel about you know how does this sound and things like that and, and I've had questions around ER cases with staff because maybe the customer or the supplier hasn't had a HR department and, you know, I could see my director was, you know, encouraging me to support. And obviously I wasn't going to support too far, but just sharing little things here and there. So, you know, these are quite important. The other thing I would say is if you get emails from us, you know, take the time to um, respond. So, like, I remember one of the suppliers, we got on really well. Um, I don't even know what his name is, to be fair. But um, it was one of the events we went to, you know, we were just cracking jokes and, it was actually at the time I was, I know I said company car and it was a different uh, supplier, but it was talking about my company car and everyone was having a big joke around me getting a BMW of a certain type. And it was like better than some of the guys in the team, purely because of the uh, age of the lease, nothing to do with my level. But um, it was a standing joke. And he actually said to me, oh, you know, I hope you get the right car and this and that. And that was really nice of the guy. You know, he saw I was getting a load of shit all evening. And uh, I continued with it, and he was like, you know, I wish you and your family have Christmas. That's really cool. So, and, and then they sent me some free shit. So, you know, um, there's always a positive. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit around customers and stakeholders. So, the next thing I want to talk about is how we go about actually sort of integrating ourselves which I think I kind of covered a little bit but I've just made a couple of notes here so if I have repeated it well it's at the end of the podcast and hopefully you've got here because that's quite cool but you're just gonna have to hear it again so the observation and feedback piece so when you're meeting all these people for the you know first time and you're going through your journey with them or whatever it is please 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 make notes make notes you know, if you if your style is mental notes, that's cool. If it's not, make some notes. Second thing I'll say is don't always try to take center stage. I think I've kind of covered that throughout this thing. But, you know, don't make it about you, bruv. This ain't about you when you're in their time, okay? I think you're getting a vibe now. I don't really like how HR goes on about how great they are um, or we are. So try to... Um, not do that you just look like a prick in the nicest possible way third thing i'll say is go to the meetings go to the huddles um, but actually do it to listen and observe and you know 
see the mannerisms, the behaviors, the expectations of those around you. Um, you might get asked questions, and if you do, then 100% answer those questions. But I always use those opportunities to actually see how things really are, especially floor. Those are even better for me. The next part is the feedback stick. So when you get feedback, don't act like a little snitch, bruv. Yeah? One of the worst things is when you're a HR professional and someone is really confided in you and trusted in you, and the first thing you do is snitch like a little snake. It's just not necessary. Like, it's not going to help you. Like, trying to, you know, throw the guy who's already halfway under the bus, fully under the bus, and you've only been there 10 minutes, just makes you look like an absolute fucking prick. So don't do it, man. Like, you can reference something, you can speak about something, but do it the right way, not in a public forum or not in a way to make yourself look better. I hope you can so, because it just really fucking winds me up. When you're giving feedback, include your observations. Yeah, your own observations. So I did that recently where I told a whole management team pretty much what the team had told them, and I tried to explain to them about body language and how things like, you know, sitting in the middle of a shop floor while everyone's working around you and, you know, laughing and joking, but not... Uh, dealing with things in the right way later on makes you look and you know people were upset by that but hey you know what this is the environment this is the reality of it so let's try and address it and change the perceptions of people because I think people don't realize sometimes it is about perceptions and I understand there might be a perception of me or people I work with and do you know what it's about how we actually overcome those obstacles and make things more transparent I think the other thing is is better <coughs> Like I said earlier, it's not a thing that you want to be associated with. And the other thing is that, you know, from a HR point of view, you want people to believe that if they talk to you, that things are going to be actioned or thought of or whatever. But actually that, you know, a lot of time people don't want to go forward. They don't actually want a consequence in terms of a dismissal. They just want the right thing to happen. And if you can do that without going formal, that is the start of your culture that you are trying to create in that I think the other piece is leading on from a bit where I said don't promise shit. The next part is explain that you've only been there five minutes, yeah? <laughs> like, you know, I think some people expect a miracle overnight or they're going to keep referencing the past. Um, you can't make up for the past because you wasn't there. You don't actually know the full facts behind it. Same way as whatever you do and you leave, they're not going to go and understand a full understanding. So when you're doing anything, it's not about, again, like saying that everything was wrong previously because it wasn't uh, the place is still running yeah they're still making money or whatever or they're still in existence so it wasn't wrong it might just been able to be done a, not a better way a different way so try and be mindful of that and explain that you know this is a continuous journey some of the things that are deep rooted into companies and whatever sometimes they're going to take a year 18 months to change and it's about going on the journey together so So we move on from there. And it's about how we move forward and how we're going to interact with people. So the first thing is training sessions. These are a great way for you to add your stamp and actually inject your culture into people without them even knowing. So, you know, we get a set of slides, but actually it's about how you deliver those set of slides. So I use that as a massive opportunity to put some stamps into it and actually, you know, gauge some things. So there might be something outrageous you're thinking of in that organization. Why not just test it there? So I do. Yo, what do you think about this? People look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, okay, that ain't going to land. But why is it not going to land? 
So think about that. The next way is when you're observing, you know, after you finish probation, <laughs> uh, you can do it during, to be fair, but, you know, I actually used to do it after so people have an appreciation that I understand what's going on around me and that, not purely from a safety point of view, but actually... Cool. Uh, start to give the feedback when you observe it. So if you're trying to set a culture and you see something that goes amiss or whatever, call it out, bro. Like, do you know what? Just pick up that person and be like, yo, didn't we have this conversation? You know, sometimes you find the people who complain the most as well are the ones that actually do the most too. So, yo, hold on a minute. Didn't you just tell me that that's something you don't like to see, but you're doing the same damn thing? So it's okay, you know. It's okay to call these things out. Call is don't settle for, you know, check-ins. So, you know, my managers don't just expect to see me at the uh, check we have once a week, or twice a week, rather. Um, they can see me just show up and be like, yo, what's up? Uh, you know, and that's a lottery thing for them, so that keeps them on their toes, and I quite like that. You know, even when I was in a regional role, I never used to announce when I'm coming, because I want to see it raw, bro. I want to see the branch made up for me and all that. I want to see what's really going on. I want to go there on a day when they are a driver down or they are a whatever down. Because that's when you see the real setup. And that's when you see if your culture is actually in existence. So HR people, you might want a nice coffee or whatever. But sometimes if you want to actually get a job and actually understand what's going on, you need to kind of live the raw life. You know, hoodies, jeans, trainers, hoodies. So yeah. The next thing is keep up to date. You know, if you get the emails, read them. I've seen many HR people, inboxes full, bro. I'm an inbox kind of guy. I think I've mentioned it. But, you know, read the comms. Understand it. Ask questions if you're not too sure. Keep doing that. The next thing is self-development for yourself. I don't just mean like CIPD stuff or, you know, these massively amazing uh, how to facilitate whatever sessions. But I mean the business as well. You know, understand the business, keep understanding what's going on, keep up to date with all the different avenue streams that you can. And the other thing is competitive knowledge. Um, you know, as HR professionals, we might be doing job descriptions, we might be doing whatever. And sometimes our directors will actually just literally look across the road and think about what the other person is doing and try and emulate it. So if you understand it a bit better, you can actually analyze what flaws there might be and why things are here, you know, especially if you get a new director in. Um, they might come with all these amazing ideas, but they'll need someone to actually understand and facilitate what's already there. You might be new yourself, but if you use methods in terms of actual logic um, and, and experience, you'll be able to facilitate things and actually explain what's going on, maybe to a degree in terms of grading and all this kind of stuff. So bonuses and all that. You know, there's a lot of things that directors don't think about when they just... Next thing is communicate. You know share things i don't know why we only share things with like two people i've seen hr business partners who are like oh yeah i'm going to communicate to two people like what the fuck you're responsible for a group of 700 people but you're only sharing a message with five and even then you're not sharing it with the you know minus two minus three minus four levels like what do you think you're going to achieve you ain't going to achieve anything your message ain't going to get out there so communicate 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 Next thing is spend time in the environment. I've already said that, but it's very key, you know. Spend quality time if you can. Uh, it's not always possible, but, um, you know, some, I don't know. I can't think of an example, but I, there's stuff I'd rather not do than spend time on a shop floor. So, as an example, in my current role, we have meetings every day. I go to 1 a.m., 1 and 1 p.m. one. 
whenever I'm on site. Just purely from a point of view of showing my face, give the guys the opportunity to actually ask questions, and then I'll make sure I walk the shop floor by myself when I go back to the HR office. That's just me personally. And the last thing is, listen and share. Listen and share. You know, we do a lot of good things, but we don't tell people we do a lot of good things, so they don't really know. They just think that they said some shit, they haven't seen it immediately, or they don't resonate with it, or they, you know, it's a different sort of way we presented it, because we like to do that too. Uh, share the success, you know, not just in terms of uh, putting it on a board or something, but actually go up to the individual and said, you know what, you suggested this, and this is what we've done, if that facility is there. If it's not, again, call it out, um, communicate it. So yeah, that is pretty much a wrap for those points. So we're at the end of this episode. It looks like the longest episode yet, which uh, is quite surprising because I wasn't too sure how this episode was going to turn out. I actually haven't recorded for the first time in, I think it's a two-week gap or whatever it is, a week and a half. So yeah, um, the next episode is also ready to be recorded, so I'll probably record that tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'll release these at the same time or whatever, um, but I am away shortly well depending on covid i've tried to avoid covid the whole time i can't believe i just mentioned it but anyway um so look hope you enjoyed this episode this one probably is a bit more raw um i'm not too sure if this is coming across repetitive now if you've actually listened to all four please give feedback um if you listen to just this episode please give feedback i really want to make this platform grow i really want people to get something out of it and to those of you who have listened to all three i appreciate it provided you're not family because then you're kind of obliged to do so but um you know if you're not it'd be really cool if you're someone i don't know because there are a few people i know that are listening to this uh if you don't know me and you know if you know me uh please send a comment please give some feedback i haven't put my name to anything um but i really would appreciate it like I say, I want the platform to grow and I want to make it relevant. Um, this is, from what I understand, different to what I hear out there. So, look, guys, let's let's grow the platform. Let's do something with it. Um, you know, I've had offers from people wanting to come on the show, which is really cool. But actually, what I want for the time being is to just make sure it's relevant. Um, and I want to start dragging people in because I'm quite set on how I want to do it. If there is people I drag in, it'll probably be people I know, um, purely because I want this to be a certain tone. I don't want this to turn into a uh, professional CIPD training session or whatever. I want this to be raw. That was the whole thing of doing this in the first place. So yeah, thanks for listening and hopefully catch you on the next one.